Welcome to this week's edition of Clerically Speaking. You may notice today that we do not have Father Anthony with us. That's because Father Anthony is lame and decided to go on holidays. So, and I haven't received any text updates from him. And so it's with great sadness that I have to announce that he was probably eaten by a bear. Uh, He is a man with a great beard, with great facial expressions, and very Italian. And it is so sad that he is not going to be with us anymore. We wish, we pray for the repose of his soul as he enters into eternity, where he can speak with Jesus in his native language, Italian. But to ensure that this podcast goes on, that you, the people, receive content each and every week, I have brought a guest with us today. And it's a first for Clerically Speaking, because we brought a woman on the podcast. So I would like to introduce to you my friend, Shannon Last. Shannon, welcome to Clerically Speaking. Hello, Father Harrison. I guess today it's only somewhat clerically speaking. Yeah, so does, does this mean you're in favor of women's ordination? I was just going to say, you, we all know that women can't be clerics, so <laughs> no lady clerics. That's right. Uh, so yeah, I brought on. We, we, you'll find out why we brought her on the show later when we do uh, pastoral council, but I just, uh, I needed to find someone for this week. Father Anthony is not actually dead. I'm sure he's fine. I'm sure he's roughing it hard out are you, there on Yellowstone. Is are he, you though? sure? Probably not, actually. He's probably like, he's probably, you know, I don't know, in some king-size mattress while his friends are sleeping on the grass. So is he actually camping or is he cabining or? I think he's camping as he's going, he's he's, he's like hiking Yellowstone. So it's like multiple days. So I'm sure he's camping. I hope he brought a bear, bear spray and a bear canister. And you see, here's the thing with Father Anthony. I think he's going to be fine. Because with the scraggliness of his beard and hair, the bear's just going to think he's another bear. Okay, fair. So I think he's going to be fine. Fair How enough. How are you doing? I'm good-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Good-ish. I'm, I'm good-ish. I am on, yes. uh, I'm on, not on holiday, not on vacation. I'm on a trip with my... Why is that, what's that, why is that different? <clears throat> well, uh, so holiday is what you Canadians call it. Uh, no, 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 no. Did you did you hear the episode where I, I talked about the Hawkeye comic? I did, I did. Um, so so comic you know, book owned. heroes at sure fine whatever. Uh, so so normal people would call this a vacation, except uh, when you're when you're somewhere with your children and there's a kitchen and a dishwasher, it is actually called a trip. And I know this because the the Huffington Post, which is the source of all truly good journalism, uh, did a post a couple of years ago that laid out the difference between a vacation and a trip. So I was rereading mm-hmm. it as I do every summer. And uh, <laughs> it says, so you're headed out on a family vacation this summer. But are you sure? Are you sure it's a vacation? And then they go through a whole bunch of things that you should check. Um, yeah. Not to be a super downer, but chances are if you have kids and they're coming with you, you aren't going on a vacation at all. You're going on what I like to call a trip. You see, a trip is simply a journey to a place. And it should never, ever be confused with a vacation. So on the checklist of things, it's if you're traveling by car, there's a good chance it's a trip. If you packed a training potty, not a vacation. And so I, at that point, I bail out because I do, in fact, have 
a training potty and like awesome. and a portable toilet seat you know in my purse because that's, awesome. that's how i roll um if you're going on going with another family and adding their family insanity to yours you are on a special kind of trip which is going to happen next week when my sister and her children arrive is that what we call purgatory so i think it is yes i think that okay. is a safe um yeah so basically if you have to unload or load a dishwasher if you have to go to the grocery store hold on Yes. Now, how do you load a dishwasher? I'm just curious. <laughs> the right way. <laughs> the right way, which this. is just throwing it into the rack. I mean, look, no, like a monster. no, I don't throw it. I I stack, um, but I just do it. It's you know, I just do it very intuitively, very organically. Um, and this week, my husband's <laughs> my husband isn't here yet, so I'm just it's it is just uh, it's wild what, in there. What's the what's the decibel level on your on your dishwasher there? It's extremely quiet. It's got to be like quiet, quieter than the home one. Well, what wouldn't be really if okay, you think about true. it? Yeah. So for the for those who don't know, so her husband is Jonathan Last at the Bulwark and the, uh, of Sub Beacon fame, mm-hmm. right? And uh, he has a unique way. He has he has a very specific way of, of doing everything. Oh, sorry. Of doing everything, oh. pretty much. Actually, <laughs> this is true. This is true. He has everything is is got a, a way, and, and so yeah, uh, good. But have you guys any any fun stories from the beach so far? Or? Uh, fun? No, no. There hasn't been a whole lot of fun yet. We did make it to the beach this morning, and within like mm-hmm. five minutes, my daughters, uh, who are nine and six, began fighting over the same, you know, two square foot patch of beach because even though there's so much other beach because of course right and then uh someone was fishing and found a little crab on the sand so i brought my just turned three-year-old over to see it and he absolutely freaked out and (laughs) climbed my arm he was like trying to scale me i do not like the crab i do not like it i do not like the waves i do not like the sand so i mean it's is really, he dr seuss it, it, pretty much it's it he okay. it bodes really well so far um there is actually okay there is one very funny um little little story but i think i'm gonna save it for later because it, it does involve producer nick and i and i feel like it could make a good transition and since you're not very good at those i i've got it flagged for wow, later. wow shots fired i'm just saying shots fired um, so I am, um, just right now I'm in the midst of getting ready for, I'm doing a retreat next week for the missionaries of charity, which is going to be awesome. And I'm also freaking out because I'm nowhere near done yet. And uh, my talks are not where I want them to be. And I'm just, you know, freaking out a little bit. Uh, but I have a fun story, uh, a little fun story from the Mumford and Sons concert I talked about awesome. on last week's podcast. So uh, I went with my friends, Nathaniel and Drew and Timon and, and Kelly, and uh, we're, we are just kind of walking around the stadium, having a good time, you know, uh, drink, I'm drinking a beer, just, you know, it's, it's just good times. And uh, we're just staying there, and someone comes up to me. She goes, what's your name? I said, Father Harrison. She goes, of clerically speaking? I said, yeah. You're she famous. Goes, I love your podcast. Can I get a picture with you? Was, her name was Anna uh, from from the Washington State area. She drove up with some friends uh, from Seattle uh, to go see Mumford & Sons as well. We had a nice little chat. Very sweet. It was really awesome. But at that moment, I realized that Father <coughs> Anthony and I now are Class D Catholic celebrities. Totally. We, 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 we are now Class D Catholic celebrities. What kind of a relic does that make you? 
Um, you'll pay you'll pay two dollars uh, for me to say hi to you on Instagram. Okay, what's an Instagram? That's, that's, I don't know. I only use Twitter. <laughs> I only use Twitter. Uh, but speaking of relics, you know who has who has class one relics? Who does? St. Thomas Aquinas. Oh, you- Summa Tweetologica. Summa Tweetologica. Summa Tweetologica. Summa Tweetologica. Summa Tweetologica. We talk about You killed my transition. I had. I oh, had, you had a transition. I had a transition. Oh, okay. Please, Would you please like, can enlighten I, us. Can I retransition? Yes, or you can just give it. Just give I'm it. I'm just going to retransition because I think that Nick, Nick will edit as he pleases. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Hold on a second. So here's my story. Here's my funny story. I am not a class D anything, but yeah. well, I mean, I'm a class D and below a lot of things. But anyway. Uh, so on the way down to North Carolina, where we are from the swampy suburbs of DC, I had two of my kids with me. My husband had the other two. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in front of me with the bikes on top of the mi- minivan, the Kia landfill, as I like to call it. And uh, we were just behind making sure nothing happened. Although what we would have done if it had, I, I don't really know. Anyway, we listened to the anniversary episode of Clerically Speaking on the way mm-hmm. down. And as soon, I mean, literally within two seconds of hearing producer Nick begin to speak, my 11-year-old son looks up and says, hey, that's that's the guy that sings Summa Tweetologica. And I said, how how did you, he said, it's the same voice, except it's like not as high. What is is that called when he does that? And I said, oh, that's called, that's called falsetto. Anyway, flash forward to about five o'clock the next morning, I'm in bed and I hear from down the hall this indescribable but oddly familiar shrieking coming from the room that has all the bunk beds they've all woken each other up and so I go storming down the hall just to I don't you know because I'm half awake and I say something really gentle like what in the name of all that's holy is all this noise and I'm yelling too of course because that's what we do and my son just looks up innocently and says Oh, I'm sorry. We were practicing um, falsetto. We we were making falsetto and doing some su- <laughs> <laughs> and so <laughs> they're all in there going sweet logic. And it was horrifying, but also I couldn't really be mad. So yeah, there we go. So speaking of the summa tweet logica, I sorry. You see, I thought when you said transition, I thought you meant like. For later, like when we do pastoral council. I'm sorry. My fault. My fault. I don't even know what a anyways. pastoral council is. Anyways. Uh, so the Summa Theologica was St. Thomas Aquinas' summary of theology. And the Summa Tweetologica is our summary of things we found interesting on Twitter this week. So let us see what we've got here. Um, I got... Today is... We're recording on the feast day of St. Maximilian Kolbe. Who is, I don't know, for me, he's becoming like this, like, he's becoming, 
it's I'm getting more and more excited about this feast day as every year goes around. I'm getting to like love him a little bit more. Same. So at Steve the Missionary tweets this. Our deacon notes today that there are no vespers for St. Maximilian Colby because Mary's, uh, Mary's feast day starts at vespers. And it's the most St. Maximilian thing of all time that his feast day melts into Mary's. I just thought it's true. Like I've always noticed that, right? Like because he's he he was big into Mary. He loved Mary. They were singing Marian hymns as he was uh, dying of hunger yep. in the in the chamber, and that his feast day gets cut short for Mary. That's beautiful. Is kind of beautiful, isn't it? Like I I want I they must, but because today was the day he was he was killed on, mm-hmm. so, right? If yes. I remember correctly, right? So it just there's a great there's a great uh, divine. Uh, hand at play in that whole thing. Absolutely. Just that submitting to whatever it is going to be and placing himself completely in her hands. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, It's, I always found it, um, actually I just saw on Twitter today, someone, some priest was doing a mass for his feast day and he had the statue that St. Maximilian had while he was in the chamber. Oh wow. Of Our Lady. I was like, I didn't even know he had that. That's kind of, that's kind of awesome. I would be like, I, I would, that would, That'd be like the relic of relics in a way. Well, not the relic of relics, but it'd be a pretty Careful killer there. relic to have. <laughs> You're the cleric. You can't say things like that. <laughs> oh, I love yeah, that. Yeah, no, it's I love just, that too. I think it's 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 a great thing, and I think it's just uh, there's what I've been pondering more and more is that yes, he's a martyr because in the end they they wanted him dead and he was arrested for being a priest, and they actually did kill him in the end because they after ten days they still hadn't died. They should have died of starvation by that point, so they injected them with a poison. Um, but it's that he's—it's very rare to find a martyr who actually says, "No, I will take the place of someone exactly. else." Exactly. Like they don't have to die. It's very Christ-like. It's—it's—it's it's, it's the in a way, it's like the most Christ-like form of martyrdom that we have in the in the life of the church. It is literally laying down your life voluntarily yeah. for a yeah. stranger. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, I keep on like, am I willing to lay my, my life for someone else? And I need to train myself in holiness for that yeah you do yeah Yeah, i do yeah i do i know (laughs) okay all right what do you got i have a tweet uh that i think also came from today's mass or maybe in preparation for tomorrow which is the assumption from adam matthews at adam mdg incense makes everything better with enough incense and holy water i bet even soccer could be redeemed I just love that because soccer, like hockey, is a garbage sport. And uh, wow, whoa, 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 whoa! Wait, what whoa. did I just say? <laughs> what sports do you watch? Baseball. Ten- do you actually watch baseball? I watch baseball, and I go to base. I watch live baseball. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. Do you willingly watch baseball? Of course, I'm an American. I watch baseball. I love baseball. I watch tennis. I sometimes yeah, that's watch. Really American. I sometimes watch the Olympics, and that's all. Those are my sports. You know what, though? See, if Father Anthony were here, he would appreciate this. I actually, when I was a kid, saw um, Hulk Hogan mm-hmm. and Andre the Giant wrestle live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's not a sport. I didn't. That's just entertainment. Oh. What do you call hockey? So, uh, the greatest sport in the history of all sports. Listen, I am slowly... I am slowly indoctrinating your family. Yeah, no kidding. Into hockey and putting us in the poorhouse to boot. <laughs> no, no, listen, listen, listen. I, but 
I but propose the greatness of this sport. What people do in in the awesomeness of the beauty of hockey and its collectibles is up to the freedom of others. Yes, but you know how my family works, or at least how everybody in my family except me works. (laughs) They're always acquiring, and I am always divesting. (laughs) It's very difficult. Uh, I don't know if you ever read that horrific... um, what is that? The life-changing magic of tidying up, which is a terrible book, and I only took it out from the library so I could return it because um, it sparked no joy. But it's also it doesn't work if you have if you live with anybody else, like small children. It doesn't work. You can't mm. just none of their stuff brings me joy, and I want to I want to trash all of it. But that would not bring them joy, and so you know, right. I have to. I too am a martyr, Father Harrison. <laughs> Sure. Or something. Or something. I think it's your turn to All pick right. a tweet. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to use uh, at proper opinion. Can't tweet, can't heart, can't heart tweets prop up. Uh, we're going a little outside the Catholic circles here, but it's actually two tweets. Okay. Um, once you get good at ignoring annoying or malicious people who want your attention, you have a lot more time and energy for the good people in your life. Think of those losers as directly stealing time from the best people in your life, and it's easy to change. Twitter is the same exact thing. If your experience sucks, go ahead and use your judgment. This isn't a court of law. You don't have to be fair. If you get the feeling that someone is just trying to ruin your day, you don't have to waste another second on them. I just thought, you know, Shannon is so good at this. (laughs) At provoking or at blocking? At, at, At ignoring all the junk out there on Twitter. Are you trolling me? You're totally so mean. <laughs> Look, I feel like I have made progress since we became friends, progress. right? Yes, I, and I've made progress too. Yeah. We both made progress. We've made progress. So I've become a believer in careful curation. Um, yes. Because, first of all, that that's a good tweet. It's a good tweet because mm-hmm. it does, it, it just, it's a time suck and it does rob you of a lot of the the good that you could be pouring into other people um mm-hmm. and it's also i mean i find i know there's been a whole like there, there are many schools of thought about what deserves a mute what deserves a block etc right. and my opinion on that is kind of like whatever works for you and it doesn't have to be personal you know sometimes i i will mute things that i just I know that it will it's a, it's it's really keeping me from the near occasion of sin. I know that it will make right. me mad and I know that there will be a moment when I haven't had enough coffee and which is most of the moments but um yeah. and I and I will I will want to say something snarky and so I just if I don't see it I can't snark at it. I can it doesn't bother me. <laughs> so a lot of yeah. for for me anyway it's not so much about oh you said something I didn't like and so I you know I I muted you or I'm punishing you as I want to keep myself from being a jerk on Twitter because yep. I know that yep. I have that potential. And even though I do feel like I've made some progress, uh, yep. you know, miles to go. So yeah, same here. I mean, like it's, it's like I've learned, yeah, like blocking, especially if people are going to be um, real mean yeah, or unnecessarily like intrusive into a conversation. Yeah. Um, I, I remember when, when I was in Washington visiting you guys, uh, you know, I, I got, or no, I was just leaving and I got a tweet from someone saying like, be careful of that Shannon last person, Father Harrison. She's really dangerous. And I was like, what? Like, what's going on here? I was like, this, did I just go to a sane person's house? Which may be true. But, um, fair. Uh, fair, but, right? But, but the but, reason but, that I was like, tweeted was because we, we took you to Starbucks. Starbucks. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, 
oh that's it yeah i and as i was like uh, and then she was just going on i was like do it block i'm sorry no this is an unnecessary attack on my friends and i don't need this in my life right so there are times where you can do it I- i'm trying to learn to be better it's just it's hard because when you know better than everyone else it's hard to keep your mouth shut is that right? is that you, Father? Do you know better than oh, abso- everyone? <laughs> Absolutely, I know. I know all the things, right? You're, so you're very. And if everyone thought the exact same way I did, this world would be such a better place. So, uh, let me let me give you a tweet <laughs> from from uh, Sister Bethany FSP, who I love. Uh-oh. Her tweets are adorable. Yeah, she's a sweetheart. So she, she's a sweetheart. She tweeted today. Sometimes when I read the writings of the saints, like Faustina or Therese, I wonder if I might have been one of those people in their lives that would have discouraged them or made life more difficult. I wonder how many holy people in my life I'm blind to because of my own pride or selfishness. Hmm. I know, right? It it kind of hit me where I live. Um, I remember when I first read, so I love St. Faustina. I yeah. lobbied hard for one of our kids to be named Faustina, and I, I definitely lost that. But I love her. I love her. I love her. And when I read uh, her diary, one of the things that struck me, and I'm paraphrasing, but she said something like how easy it is to be holy inside a convent. Um Right. And I just laughed because I thought, well, that I, I can only imagine. I would be, I would be awesome. Kind of like if I could parent my kids one, one at a time, I'd be the best mom ever. Um, mm-hmm. And if I could be in a convent, I would just be super whole. I mean, let's face it, right? But she was getting at something very different, which is just it, it's mm-hmm. community life. It, it's hard to be holy anywhere. It's even hard to be holy there. And so thinking right. of that through, the, through, you know, Sister Bethany just the idea of being a stumbling block to other people around you that you really love without meaning to and without even know- right. knowing it, but something blinds you from seeing that they're living their, their path of holiness. Yeah. And I think, but I think too, with that, it's she, like what she's getting at some, maybe we are blocked sometimes, but the good news, here's the good news is that God works with that yeah. to make them holy anyways. So whether you're a sinner or a saint, you can be a means to someone's holiness, right? And it's that, like, later on, can you recognize that? Like, like, I'll give you, like, the example of St. Therese with the old nun who was always crotchety towards her and everything. And St. Therese went out of her way. To be super kind. To super kind to her, right? That person, in the end, is a stunning block because who wouldn't, like, grumble? Like, oh, my gosh, she's being mean to me again, right? Okay, I'm going to put a smile on my face, right? But that nun, first she reflected after Therese died that, she said that she was the only sister who loved me right and yeah. and who cared for me and i thought well in the end and she maybe she recognized that maybe through her love that she so she was a stumbling block in a way but she also became a means for the holiness of therese and therese became the means of holiness for her so that despite our sin um god can still make us a means to holiness to each other thank goodness for that grace in the end is the primary operator right so yeah Actually, that's a, that's a good segue to pastoral counsel in our topic, I think, right? All right. All right, let's go to pastoral counsel. Uh, and now it's time for pastoral counsel, where the laity are empowered to say words. Oh, yippee! Ooh. Good for you, lay people. You have opinions. Opinions. 
So uh, for those who don't know, so the reason why I asked Shannon on was um, we are we've been friends now for what a year and a half. Yeah, I think so. We've known each other about a year and a half. God, we we got to know each other first uh, through Twitter. Uh, you can explain the story in a second here, and then but I I just recently went to go visit them again in D.C. for ten days, stayed with, and it was just he wants to say people, it was the best holiday I ever had in my life. And I know this comes as a shock to Shannon. Totally. <laughs> She's like, have you met my kids? <laughs> you kept saying you felt rested. And I was like, I do not understand what house you were staying in. <laughs> it was a great time. And I thought, you know, what a cool way to, like, you know, to, take, to bring her on and to talk. You know, our friendship is really awesome. And to talk a little bit about how family life and priesthood can kind of interact and support and encourage each other. But maybe, Shannon, I don't know if you want to share how we kind of got to first talking and getting to know each other and stuff like that yeah i think i mean <laughs> i i pretty much just started talking at you which as is my mm-hmm. as is my want but you had tweeted something about um children at mass which is one of those topics about like every three months yeah comes it comes around because months. everyone has an opinion um about yeah. this everyone has very strong feelings <laughs> about this um including me And I don't know what, I honestly, I don't remember what exactly you said, but it was the way that you said, it was just so understanding and so compassionate. It was basically, if you're one of those people who is giving dirty looks to the parents who are stumbling in a minute or two late with their kids, um, who aren't going to be perfectly still, you should just get over yourselves because they got here and that's what, just, just celebrate them. This is what the church is all about. And right. um, I, I must have been feeling a little sensitive about it. Maybe it was a Sunday morning. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Sunday. I remember tweeting that on a Sunday. So. It probably was. And, and I just, I really needed to hear that from you. And so I, right. I think I replied, um, you know, thank you for saying that or something. And then it, it, yeah. it began one of those, which I now know happen every three months, Twitter discussions about the nature of children at mass. Um, and it was just, it was... I don't know. We we just kind of bonded over that, and I really appreciated yeah. that. I needed to hear it that day, and yeah. uh, and the rest is history. Yeah, and then well, then it got so through Shannon, and I got kind of sucked into another universe outside of clerically speaking, which is known as well it was the substandard, mm-hmm. and now is the sub beacon universe, which is uh, it is my favorite podcast, and I always say to people, everyone needs to listen to this podcast. It's very good. Uh, uh, which is so it's her husband and Vic Mattis and Sunny Bunch who do weekly movie reviews and it's just dudes chatting about movies in a really fun, exciting, they, they get into ideas, but they just, it's just a good podcast. And so I kind of got sucked into that too. And this, this, this whole world, uh, uh, um, around that too, is just really awesome. And so through all of this, we've just become friends very quickly. And then we finally first met last October. Yes. Yeah. You last were, October. you were out, I think visiting some priest friends and father Anthony, you, it was your Pittsburgh trip. Or that was, was my picture. That okay. was my that was my Gallup Denver Pittsburgh DC trip. Yes, and I think sort of <laughs> at, you, you had talked about it, and I think I said something like, "Well, if you want to meet up IRL, um, yeah. you know, you would love my family or some of them anyway, and we could hang out." 
Mm-hmm. So I wound up picking you up at the airport, which I'm pretty sure you regretted yeah. about five minutes or less. <laughs> I got, I felt like I got tackled. <laughs> well, oh, I thought you meant my driving. I hear a scream. Well, that. I was really I, excited. I hear a scream, and I feel like I got tackled I'm a at hugger. the airport. <laughs> I am a hugger. I believe in that. Your whole family's a hugger. We, Your whole family's a hugger. We are very huggy. But then I got lost, yes. like, on the way home from my own airport, but whatever. Um, and it was great. So you you came over, met the whole family, and then we actually wound up all going out to dinner well, we had, with and the we had, bunch well, of people who are before dinner before dinner we 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 had mass at your house we did. for your first time we right did and you we blessed and you blessed our house I blessed the house including the dishwasher including the dishwasher which i like which didn't work no no it needed Sorry. needs a good exorcism yeah. but um yeah that was that was a a really because we've lived we've lived there now 10 years and i didn't really know mm-hmm. that was something you could do because i'm a convert mm-hmm. and so i figured out mm-hmm. i figured things out 10 to 20 years after mm-hmm. the fact um, and then we went and had dinner with a bunch of people who also listened to both podcasts. And so yes. a bunch of us got to meet up and yeah, because we have a, we have a, we have a, we have a, a premium group. Yes. Essentially. So yeah. yeah. Super friends of the show. Super friends. Yes. <laughs> and so we, uh, it was great. It was awesome. And, and, um, we also brought Steve White out as well. He's great. Who is awesome? Uh, I got to know Steve through the Territory Millennial Seminar back in 2007. So yeah, it was just it was just awesome to to finally kind of meet up. And then yeah, then we then she's like, hey, you guys should come back. I'm like, yeah, I do. I want to go back to DC. I really enjoy. Like my thing was that whole trip to it DC was so was, short. It was really short. Yeah, it was like two and a half days or something like that. No, three days. Three days. Um, this is when I got nerdy and decided, hey, what best way to spend a vacation <laughs> and to go to JP2 Institute to listen to sit in some lectures. Uh, <laughs> that is very on brand for you. That's very on brand. But uh, I was like, yeah, I got to go back. I was like, hey, can I come and like stay with you guys this time and, and just kind of chill and visit? And you're like, yeah, cool. I'm like, cool. And then, but then uh, what was really awesome through that, because then we're talking about uh, your young, your youngest daughter. Mm-hmm. And you want, well, you, sorry, you, you tell the story of your kids there. Okay. Well, so um, I was on a pilgrimage to Rome in February. Um, and was discussing um, the venerable Antonietta de Mayo with um, the priest who was leading our retreat. And she was, uh, the short version is, and you should all look this up because it's awesome, but a, a six-year-old girl who, um, she suffered from cancer and she she actually, I think, died before her seventh birthday. But she was just mm-hmm. unbelievably holy and attuned to God mm-hmm. um, in ways that most of us can only hope to be. And... I started talking to our the priest leading our, our retreat or our pilgrimage about just the idea that children are so much more receptive to things than we give them credit for. Um, there's a <laughs> there's a reason why they can learn languages, multiple languages at early ages, and so I think you know there's an openness to the things of the spirit. I think at that age because they're not cynical yet. Right. Um, right. So I was talking about uh, my one my daughter, my younger daughter, who has some pretty pretty unique um challenges and she's six six and a half um but she has been just hungering for the eucharist and Mm -hmm. she you know she gets sad when everyone else would go up um to receive communion and she just kind of sit there looking sad because she totally understood Mm-hmm. And he said, well, you know, there's, I said, I feel terrible. You know, she has to wait till the end of second grade. And he said, well, why? There's nothing in canon law that says that, which again, convert. So that was super exciting. And then you and I wound up having a conversation about this and you said, oh, that's totally true. And I, I just wasn't sure if that was like, 
I mean, I'm her mom, so I kind of, mm-hmm. I kind of have a sense, but I'm not a priest. I'm not a cleric. Mm-hmm. Cleric. Um, so yes. we, I talked to you about it, and then you know her, and you wound up having mm-hmm. a really, just adorable FaceTime conversation with her, where she explained to you. <laughs> If I recall that correctly, yeah, that mistakes aren't sins. That's right, yeah. and also she did say that, and she also explained to you what happened uh, during the consecration and the ele- she was telling you, yeah. you know, Father, yeah. you might think that it's just the bread, <laughs> but actually, it's Jesus's body. Can you believe it? <laughs> it was so yeah. sweet. So anyway, um, we wound up when you were here having father harrison actually um did her first holy communion so it was a really beautiful celebration and you know friends and family um in the area Mm -hmm. came and it was it was awesome yeah it was awesome it was really great like i said it was so i just thought you know our friendship has kind of developed over that last last year and a half i just thought you know we it's a it's a good thing to bring a layperson on to talk about yeah the relationship between priests and families because i think it's really important you know um we yeah we, we need to support each other and and to lift each other up and to help each other and to encourage each other and be examples to each other right so um and my brain just went totally blank that's okay you have notes you said so why don't you bring up your first point my first point <laughs> i don't know well we're very casual here in Cook. We, we rarely have actual notes but i guess okay so i'll just i'll start with maybe i'll just start just the experience for me it's always been really important in the priesthood to be close to families right i was just gonna say you could talk about how you actually survived yeah. mine which it was something of a feat right yeah so i've always found it really important to stay to be important with family to stay close to families because uh, when you're a priest especially a diocesan priest you, you don't live in community often so you don't know what average daily life is really like <laughs> and so it's important to be around families just to be reminded like this is what people go through this is the chaos that they have to deal with each and every day and you're just like how do people do it like i still like it still boggles my mind um but to have I think it's always important for priests to have families who they can be close to, who they can be themselves with and be comfortable to be themselves with, who they can be honest and open with, and who they can share friendship and, and share share their faith with with each other and their, their other joys and to encourage each other. Say like, like um, like to say like, it's okay to enjoy those things and to have fun and, and and so like it's like you know they're really good to say no no just have fun with this and enjoy that or like and just like learn to relax. It's like it's okay to relax and. It's okay to, not, and it's like, I know Shannon's always saying to me, no, we want you rested, Harris, Father Harrison, because uh, we need you to be on ball. So when we need to come to you for spiritual counseling or confession or mass or whatever, you're, you're just ready to go. Yeah. So I, I, I found that like really helpful and just, you know, there's something, I think it's also like for me, like on the other side too, it was really awesome being around the kids and how excited they were all the time. Uh, to have mass at the house, like <laughs> when Gabe went to go get his get, his little baby Jesus, his little baby Jesus uh, to bring, it, <gasps> and he's so excited to share the sign of peace and everything like this. It was really a beautiful thing to to see that in the house, yeah, and to share that with you, with you guys as well, and uh, and and to also know like yeah, there are days where we're gonna have mass, but. I could tell it was like I felt guilty like should we really have mass right now because I can tell it's really difficult to gather your children right now (laughs) and you know but that's um, just a day that ends in Y you know and and for on the flip side for so I did not grow up Catholic as you know and so Mm -hmm. for me and and for Jonathan the idea that you know you as a parent or at least 
I should only speak for myself, but you feel like you're, you're failing a lot of the time. There's just so many things mm-hmm. to do and you don't get a lot of them right. And there are so many decisions and a lot of them are just mundane, as you could see. Um, and the mm-hmm. more kids you have, the more mundane decisions you have to make. But um, it, we, we said after you left, if there's one thing that we feel like we've done right, it's that our kids will, will look back and remember that they have a, a priest who's a friend of the family who came to their house and said mass in mm-hmm. their living room. And that's something that I think mm-hmm. um, a lot of, I had no idea that was something you could experience and mm-hmm. it was beautiful. And, um, you know, even my oldest, he was watching every single movie made and wanting to learn to be an altar server because he was so up close. Um, and it, also gave them i think a very real understanding that priests are people too you know you're mm-hmm. just yeah. you're not um you don't you don't want to be on a pedestal i don't think i don't think that's healthy right. um but right. i think especially as a as a convert um i i really didn't until very recently have a set i have had that sense of awe or reverence mm-hmm. or just you know i just i don't want to be an imposition on a priest like they've right. got enough to do they have to save souls <laughs> it's a really yeah. big job and my job is also very big but extremely different and there's only one of him right. and a whole lot of us and so I, you know yeah. so having that different perspective of having someone sort of enter into the flow of our family yeah. life it was beautiful it was beautiful for us yeah it was fun and i think i think what it what was great about that was that you were open enough and I think we were good enough friends that you guys didn't feel like you had to put on airs or anything like that to, um, like I knew, I know, like I, yeah, it was just, I didn't even make nice you good to, coffee. I mean, forget airs. No, you had, you had to, uh, <laughs> I had to outsource you had to outsource that, that, that to your youngest daughter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you packed the coffee. Uh, but no, I think, I think it's just like, I guess it's just important for priests need families. Um, we need them to, who we can be close with, who we can be friends with, who we feel like we can just drop in and talk to them or, or send them a text and say, hey, how are things? Where you see, where you just see where what normal Catholic, and I mean like, and you guys aren't the only family I know, but but we've I think we've just become very quick friends in a good way and, and it's just, um, but we need we need that. Like I think, I, I know very few priests. In fact, I always tell guys when they enter the seminary, like start to get to know some families now I start to befriend them. Um, and and to see, like, yeah, and to see, like, and to remember, I think it's just, it's like, okay, there are days where I'm going to feel exhausted. There are days that are going to be long. And to remember, it's like, this is what it's like literally every day for families sometimes, pretty much, especially when they're younger, right? Yeah. Like, it's just, and it's important to remember that because I think sometimes we can get caught up in, like, oh, do what? That was a 10-hour day. But it's like, yeah, but you guys, like, there is no break. That is that right? is true. It is relentless, and and you know sometimes good, sometimes bad. I think. I mean, I think mm-hmm. there are a lot of there are actually a lot more parallels than I realized between the mm-hmm. two vocations. Um, speaking of one of my little vocations, just walked in, but um, <laughs> <laughs> of course, um, of course. just that. So I mean, and you'll tell me, you'll correct me if I'm wrong because you're very good at that, but. Um, there's that sense of tremendous responsibility. You know, you have mm-hmm. souls and parishes mm-hmm. and finances and all of this. And um, and for for parents, there's really nothing quite like. I remember leaving the hospital the first time with my oldest. I, I had like almost a nervous breakdown because I thought I 
you shouldn't let you should not let me leave with him. I don't know what to do. And there's no button I, <laughs> I don't can, have a permit for no, this. No, and there's no button I can push and who's going to answer my question? And it's it's like this this incredible beautiful terror that mm-hmm. you are responsible for sustaining yeah. this life and nourishing it in every possible way. Um and I think you guys you guys being priests, I mean feel that that urgency as well because it's our souls at stake. Um, not just, you know, in my case, it's often like diapers, but also souls. Um, mm-hmm. And I think there's a there's a lot of um, offering it up in both mm-hmm. vocations. Mm-hmm. They're both very sacrificial, um, and it's yeah. and it's easy to get um, frustrated by mm-hmm. the inane, mundane, uh, mm-hmm. never-ending kind of and often very unreasonable requests of children or maybe in your case parishioners i don't know yeah um and it's you know you really have to force yourself to love sometimes um yeah you know it's interesting you used an interesting phrase earlier it's kind of like it's just sticking in my brain is you said you know you feel like every day you're failing and that is not i i would i would i would be honest is that i think a lot of priests feel that way too right you feel like um Every day, you, you you know, you fell short in showing love to a parishioner or you got lazy in a moment and didn't do the work you needed to do that day because you're just too tired or whatever. And I think that's just a common feeling for people who have those type of... But that that's why you need to have that friendship too because, you know, I'll say to you, no, you guys are doing great. And you'll say to me, no, Father, you're doing great. And it's important to remember, like, and do what? Yeah, we might have failed, <laughs> right? That's the human condition, but though. That's the human condition yeah. and that it doesn't depend on us. Yeah. Right. That's where grace comes in. Right. This is this is grace has to do its work as well. Like like we were talking about earlier. Right. That despite our failures or obstacles that are thrown our way, God still comes to make up for what we lack. That's the whole point of grace. And we need that. And, and it's like when you, but you, you see with other priests, we, we you can forget it. And I think even sometimes with families, because you feel like it's all so close, but like the lives are different enough that you can kind of look in from the outside and say, yeah, no, you guys are doing like great. Right. And you got like, I, I, I want to just kind of, I remember one point you guys, there was a disagreement amongst the kids. No, eh, you're, I know. you're kidding. But I was super impressed. Like, and I, cause I didn't, I've never seen this before. Right. So like, and I don't remember it happening so much in my home per se, but, um, I was just, I was actually sitting at the table with you, with you and, and your oldest daughter and your old son. And you guys were just talking it out, the conflict and what was the problem. And there was no yelling. And there was no blaming either. And it was about trying to everyone to acknowledge what they were feeling and thinking this moment with and their desires in that moment. And I was really impressed by that. And actually, I was like, I need to try that more as a priest when I'm frustrated with a parishioner or something like that. Instead of just like laying down the law, right. find out what's really going on in their heart. And I was really impressed by that. And I thought it was also a really helpful insight of what's possible for families and stuff like that. It was a really beautiful thing to witness. And I, and, I, and it, and for, and you know, and it's like for me to commend you guys on that, right? Because I know it's something you guys try to do as a family and it's important for you guys to hear that so that, you know, yeah, do it. Maybe we aren't failing. Yeah. <laughs> right? I, I mean, a, a good friend of mine who's a, a therapist said to me like in passing once that are they also an analyst (laughs) i'm not gonna touch that one i know what you're trying to do and i'm not gonna let you do it why do you have to be so dramatic and flamboyant um 
I'm sorry. Sorry. Anyway, I'm sorry. My friend. My, <laughs> We're both big Arrested Development fans. Huge. So. Actually, I think maybe that's why we bonded is because my avatar is Lucille Bluth. And um, because she has four children whom she loves equally and sarcastically often. Um, okay, wait, where was I? You you knocked me You're off You're talking course. about your friend who's a therapist. Yes, and she said um, in, in, in terms of like what you just said, discussing like being able to stop and take a breath and get through it. If you do that like 10% of the time, that's a win. Um, because the, mm-hmm. the reality is in your job and in mine, there are so many moving parts at all times mm-hmm. of the day to keep track of. And honey, you gotta go back to bed. Yeah, I love you. <laughs> go back to bed. I'll be in in a bit. It's okay. Sorry. This is uh, this is how it goes, folks. Yeah. This is it. Um, we we knew that we knew the risks. We knew the your risks. Your blanket. Check my bed or check the other bunk bed. <laughs> Sorry, we we are uh, because we're in this condo. Like nothing is where they expect it to be. Anyway, right. Uh, that was so on brand. Um, yeah. What was I saying? There are many interruptions. Ten percent. Ten percent. Ten percent. So and and that's 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 an example where. Um, it, and as you were as you were reminding me of that moment, uh, it so. Th- you're going to have a million times in your day where you you just can't spend the time discussing every single intricacy with every single parishioner Mm -hmm. or every, you know, you just can't. Sometimes you just have to make Mm -hmm. a decision and go with it. But I think that Mm -hmm. in both of our vocations, um, it's what I feel most is that tension between um, knowing when to be more, or trying to be more authoritative, not authoritarian, Um, which I think is like a John Paul II uh, turn of phrase Ism. um yeah or, or sounds like him anyway it's definitely not yeah. me but uh, that right. always stayed with me because it's so easy um to to fall into the the latter because you 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 mm-hmm. i mean i do get to say i mean i'm the one with the 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 wallet and the the minivan and but it's how you express these things and how you how you explain the decisions and taking the time to do it whenever you can that builds up that mm-hmm. that that really sort of the trust and mm-hmm. the loving relationship and i think the same is probably true for you yeah yeah it's interesting because like i think i the other thing is what was really interesting to me is like it's the daily negotiations around the most mundane things <laughs> <laughs> right to us you're like it's a puzzle <laughs> why is this an issue <laughs> there are 20 other puzzles to go play yes. with yes Yes. But why do you need to steal this one, yes. right? You didn't it's even like... know this one existed until the other person pulled it out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <sighs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it reminded me, like, because as a priest, too, we, we deal with, like, people will come, they will come forward with the most mundane issues and make mountains out of molehills with those, too. And it's like, okay, this is a reality. This is just, a, it's just different. It's the same, same, but different. As the, there's a t-shirt in Thailand that they like to say, same, same, but different. Uh, and it's kind of like that, right? Same, same, but different. Uh, the the same kind of attitudes can come out in different ways, right. but it's the same thing. You're dealing, yeah, when people are struggling, are, are debating over, you know, who should be putting tables away, right? And that becomes a big issue, right? There are, you know, in the scheme of salvation, this is a speck of dust, and not even that, right? But in this moment, it's it actually that how the direction of that aspect can determine a whole day and, or their life and stuff. Exactly, like that. So, and how you yeah. go about investigating what on earth is behind mm-hmm. this? Why are they reacting mm-hmm. like this to something that seems yeah. so innocuous? Um, which is basically yeah. how I spend my days. But um, you know, <laughs> that's my job. Yeah. <laughs> that's the job. <laughs> so, is there anything you wanted to bring up 
that because you said you had prepped some stuff so i thought i'd you know i need to give you your space this is your this is your hour this is your moment oh my gosh um well i'm a little less nervous now well one of the, okay. so one of the things that i thought maybe is worth talking about is um what things are helpful since we since we began talking around the subject of mm -hmm. fam you know getting kids to mass families at mass what can the church do or what can each parish do to make that easier? Assuming you're the kind of priest or parish mm -hmm. who wants to make it easier and not harder. Um, right. And again, I know that I'm probably, I'm, I'm speaking generally and, and not for everyone, but there are some parishes who do it really well and some that just don't. Um, so right. I thought I could toss out a few ideas for people about sure. yeah. uh, either priests or for, for lay people um, to do in their own parishes as things that have helped me or um, that I've seen work really well. And mm -hmm. the first, sure. the first that I will, I will die on this hill. I will die on this hill is don't sit on the end of the pews. <laughs> don't do it. Don't sit on the end of the pews, especially if you're just by yourself and there's a whole pew because you're going to get mad at the family with three or four kids who's struggling in and they have the diaper bag and they have the, you know, bouncy seat or right. whatever, and they need more room. And then they have to climb over you and their kids have to climb over you. And if you just right. move in and I, I get it, I'm not an, I'm not a middle of the pew sitter when I go by myself. You like that edge to, to lean Well, against, you know, you, you need, know? yeah, I like, yeah, I live on the edge, right? Um, it's more like th there's an escape route as a parent. You need to be, <laughs> you need to be on the end, right? Because if your kid does start being, quote, disruptive, which I hate, um, because that is, that yes. is the very definition of what children are. And or if there is an explosive emergency. Yes, that has happened. Um, you don't want to yep. have to climb over people and you don't want them to climb over you. So that would be my first, right. just, just move in, Interesting. just move in. Yeah. Um, and don't give dirty looks. Um, but so anyway, that's that stuff. So the thing is, everyone has advice about how to make it work. If you Google like young children at mass, you'll find, you know, 15 different explainers. And our article one is like, sit in the front with your children. And the next one is like, sit in the back so you can make an you know early escape. Sit in the sit yep. in the cry room. Refuse to sit in the cry room because you need to you know explain the mass to your children. But also you should be totally silent, and so should they. It's whatever yeah. you just sometimes it is about like so much of parenting it is just getting to the net you know getting through it um mm -hmm. which is a horrible way to feel about mass but mm -hmm. it is the reality for i think a lot of parents and it's good for priests and other people who are annoyed by us to remember is that we already feel anxious and mm -hmm. self-conscious and a little bit ridiculous and but god wants us there god wants us all there and he wants us to bring the children and he knows what, you know, he, you, he knows what he's asking. Um, but kind of like you said, I knew what I was in for when I said I'd stay what with if you. We put, what if we put Xanax dispensers in every So I cube? think that is an excellent idea. I, I, <laughs> I, I wholeheartedly endorse this. You know, sometimes I make jokes about like prescription drugs and parenting on Twitter and people are like, you should really lock that down. I'm like, I'm sorry. It's funny to me, but not to everyone. Yeah. I realize. Um, but yeah, I mean, you it, like it's not take your children to mass so long as they've been they've napped the ideal amount of time and they're well fed and everyone's right. in a good mood because those yeah. things never happen. Um, right. And and if you're getting to mass, if your family gets to mass, you know there are like 30 families who who either didn't or couldn't get it together. Um, right. And you're you're you know it's okay to just do your best. Um, right. 
But the one thing that I would say is that the one thing is if I've ever only said one thing. Um, <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> no, I know you were. <laughs> one thing? But, you mean 10 things. But, but back to the idea that we're, you know, a lot of, you know, parents feel like they're failing a lot of the time. Sometimes it's just, you need that, you need that one hour with God just to, just to give you strength for the journey. You need the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. It sometimes feel like it's the only thing that's going to keep you from falling over and you really need that strength. And so it's, I, I think it's really important to understand that like anxiety and to be welcoming as much as possible. Um, and mm -hmm. in terms of the sacraments, so a couple things that, uh, my mom's, my mom's group at church, um, did for a while. And I think we really need to start again, but is we would like once a month go to, we have confession two mornings a week. And so um, we would organize a bunch of us who wants to go to confession and mm -hmm. we would take turns waiting in line and the others would be in the nursery with the kids. And that was mm -hmm. awesome because you could, you could go and not be holding your squirming toddler. Um, mm -hmm. And that was wonderful. So mm -hmm. an idea is for churches or to either have a, the priest go like once a month or once every six weeks to the mom's group whenever they meet and offer confession so that there are built-in babysitters right. or something like that, or just encourage that. Um, yeah. Encourage people. There are, you know, there's this, the people who say all the children should either be in the cry room or use the nursery, which I'm not even going to get into here because I'm trying to be good. Um, but volunteer for the nursery, <laughs> like volunteer for the nursery right. people so that if you are annoyed by other people's children, you don't have to be annoyed during mass. I don't know. Right. Um, okay. And I had, to, oh, I think I've told you this before. Well, after my third child was born, I it was Lent. I was just wanting to get to confession before or during mm -hmm. Holy Week. And she was colicky and it was, blah, it was awful. Anyway, we got there. Everything was quiet. We were like first or second online. And then she just lost it and you know, was hungry. And so I didn't want to nurse her in the chapel. It's just, you know, you feel so mm -hmm. self-conscious. So I went back in, I nursed her, I calmed her down. And my priest had seen me come out. When I went back in, there were like 30 people in line and they all kind of looked at me and then just like moved up a space, like into their own position. Like, no, you're not, you're not coming back in. And it was so disheartening because I thought I have like a 30 minute window here before she freaks out again. Mm -hmm. And my priest came out. I don't know why. Um, and he, but he poked his head out. Maybe it was to see how many more people were in line. And he saw me at the back of the line and he gave everybody this look of disbelief and just sort of beckoned me forward. And, um, and I went in and he said, you never need to wait at the back of the line. You have right. an infant. And of yeah. course, and then I just burst into tears and the baby spit up on him. <laughs> I'm like, father, I have sinned so much and I am such a mess. And he's like, okay, here we go. I'm so glad I let you in. But he really, like, he literally <laughs> took her from me and yeah. burped her and she spit up on him and then I apologized and he laughed. It was, but it was a really beautiful yeah. moment because he understood you just need grace and mercy right now and you don't need people yeah getting in the way of that. So if you're a priest, you should totally like have a, an infants and children line, like a fast pass, but for Ooh, confession. Yeah. yeah. There yeah. you go. Now you've also had the opposite experience, right? When you brought a child. Uh huh. Yeah. I have indeed. <laughs> so let's just say mm -hmm. if, if here's my thing I've had, I, without you know obviously developing information i've had people moms bring their infants and toddlers with them into confession why because they're the only one there 
they can't trust anyone to look after them, etc. You don't want to leave the kid it's alone in the chapel. <laughs> exactly. And guess what? It's totally okay to do this. And if your priest ever, ever, ever gives you a hard time about that, they're wrong. Thank you. They're wrong. Thank you. Um, I think mine meant well. It's totally okay to do that. But I, yeah, uh, yeah. Or maybe not. I don't know. But um, <laughs> yeah, he was a little bit horrified because she was like three or four but she was also um again without going into detail she had some some medical challenges and she was mostly knocked out at that point and she wasn't but he he was essentially trying to explain very poorly that she's old enough that she could repeat i guess what i was saying (sighs) but but that's your that's that's the risk you're taking right and you right right? unfortunately we didn't even get that we didn't get that far and um and then there, but there was another confessional, and so I came out crying, and I went into the other one, and I said, "Father just yelled at me," <laughs> and it was funny, and now it's it's kind of a happy memory, not really, but um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard enough. Like if if you see people trying to live out all the things God asks of us to do, and say yes, mm-hmm. and say fiat, um, don't make it harder. I mean, that's yeah. true for everyone, not just people with kids, yeah, yeah. but. So, because, like, I know I'm not the only priest that's a friend in your guys' life now, which is yeah. cool. So, what, what's that been like for you guys as a family to have, like, priests kind of coming over for dinner? Or, sorry, for Chick-fil-A, because that's all you I'm guys sorry, seem I'm to cook. I'm sorry, I'm not I like you fine, but I'm not going to cook for you. <laughs> well, you tried to one night. You, you got I fish. I did. And then I think we went to a baseball game, right? <laughs> and had hot dogs. And I had hot dogs <laughs> yes, and fries. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know. Pri- it's okay. Priorities. Hey, you know me. I, 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 I like my Chick Fil A, so it's all good. Um, but yeah, what's that been like? Like, how, you know, how have the kids received it? Um, how have how have you got you and, and Jonathan received it? Like, how has that been for you guys having priests? kind of more intimately in your lives than because would you say like this has never really been a part of you guys' life up until about a year ago yeah maybe a year year and a half yeah never never um yeah and it's been it's been really beautiful it's been surprising you know because i Mm -hmm. it's really fun to discover all of the things that make the the priest just your friend first and then who happens to be a priest you know that they run marathons or that they love chick-fil-a or that they used to work at the state department before you know, right. it, it's it's been really yeah. cool, um, and but one of the things it's funny. Uh, one of our other friends who's who's in in DC who is now a friend because again of Jonathan's the Subbeacon podcast. He was a listener and emailed him, and he was at St. Matthew's Cathedral at the time, which is our old parish. Um, and they got lunch, and the next thing you know, he's coming down, and we're going to minor league baseball games, and. He, I think I told you this, it was, it was about the second inning. It was like the bottom of the second inning. And he just sort of visibly relaxed. Like he just sort of let a breath mm-hmm. out and looked around mm-hmm. at the stadium. It was this perfect summer night and just said, this is so wonderful. This is, I really needed this. And so it's, for us, it's been not only like the joy of getting to know, getting to know people and hear their stories, but also seeing mm-hmm. like, we all are in it together. We are we are right. all exhausted by whatever it is that God has asked us to do, right? We are all feeling yeah. kind of maxed out. We are all feeling responsible to do the right thing in the right way and, and live out our calling. And sometimes mm-hmm. we just need to just be and, and not mm-hmm. be on and not be yeah. um, responsible for anything in that moment that isn't like basic human need. Um, and so mm-hmm. that has been lovely because I think we do tend to expect 
a lot from our priests. I, I, you know, you and Father Anthony have talked about this before, that it's really easy to sort of, from the pews, critique the way something is done or a decision that was made or a change that was made, and it is. Um, In the same Mm -hmm. way that it's, like, easy for my kids to be like, why are we having Chick-fil-A again instead of uh, Wendy's? (laughs) I don't know. No, I know I sound like a horrible parent. I mean, instead of macaroni and cheese. But... um, so, okay. So I was talking about how we just need to all be and realize that we're all in it right. together. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. there's that. But what has been unique is that the kids, my kids anyway, have been able to, to have a totally different understanding of the sacraments because they've had them really up close. Mm-hmm. Um, having mm-hmm. mass in our living room with our crucifix and our candles and our little dish for the water. Mm-hmm. Um, and watching them be so excited about who's going to get the tablecloth because I bought one, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, yes. <laughs> and who's going to do what and who gets to light the matches and then um, yeah. and watching so carefully. And then even I think in your, your first day that you arrived, um, my son, who's 11 and has is a spirited child. Uh, Very yeah. spirited. <clears throat> it, he. Uh, I said, you know, you, you guys, Father Harrison's here now. And before we, we do your sister's first confession, uh, I think it really might help for all of us to go first, which we all needed to go anyway. And it was yeah. awesome because he sprinted outside. Um, he, Father Harrison went on the, our deck, so it was like quiet. We could see, but we couldn't hear anything. And they all just Mm -hmm. sprinted out there and came back in. And and, uh, my son said to her, oh, you're going to love this. It's like the best thing ever. He's the best confessor ever. (laughs) Um, And he's still very um, put out that he can't do this via FaceTime because he just thinks you're so great. And then my daughter went out and then uh, and then my my younger daughter got to do her first first confession. And it was just this really lovely. It wasn't scary. It wasn't um, it wasn't a big deal in the sense, I mean, it was a very big deal, but, but she was, it was so comfortable because she knew you and mm-hmm. you were just a part of our life already. And so there was nothing, right. um, there was no anxiety about it. So mm-hmm. that was, mm-hmm. that was beautiful. And the little, little cool. guy eventually will stop charging the altar and <laughs> demanding that everyone <laughs> give him peace multiple times. <laughs> He really, can you, he really uh, likes that. So your pot, I, this is a funny story. You have to share this one. Can you, uh, you're potty training him. Oh. And he, the, 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 yeah. uh, the mass story. So yeah. So he's very social. <laughs> this is very, this and is very, this is very, he's very social and he's very verbal and he just really likes to yeah. tell you what's going on. No filters. So yeah. last yeah. Sunday we were at mass. Um, and Oh, this is actually two things. So like the so he did actually charge the altar when it was time for right. peace because he was used to doing that with you. Like you, he could just and yeah. and he just thought, oh, I'm just gonna go up and I'm just gonna go shake Father's hand. And so he got really far and <laughs> really fast. Yeah, he was a lot faster than I realized. So I sprinted up and grabbed him, and you know, half the the parish is like sort of cracking up, and the other half is looking at me disapprovingly. And I'm like, whatever, people. Uh, I didn't let him up there, um, but. We had gone to daily mass uh, one day that yeah. week. I took all four kids, and we and it's about as much as he can handle. You know, it's like twenty five minutes or yeah. so, and he's so he's really good. He just turned three again, so. Um, but we were on like day three of potty training, and so it was our first outing, and we had the little travel potty seat with us. 
<laughs> because we're so classy. And uh, anyway, so of course, ha- like right before it's time for communion, he's like, mommy, I need you. It's potty time. And so we like, but loud, you know, yeah. because everything yeah, yeah, is yeah, in yeah. one volume. Yeah. So everyone now knows it's yeah. potty time. So we go to the back, we, you know, anyway. Yeah. After mass, yeah. <laughs> we go to, to greet father and he's not there. He's already gone to the sacristy. And so I say to him, oh, I think he's already he's already inside. We'll catch him next time. And he sprints into the sacristy because he really likes the sacristan, whose name is Mike. And he goes, I, I just hear him. Mike, Mike, I peed. I peed into potty. <laughs> <laughs> and like... So Mike is this is an older gentleman and he just starts laughing because he knows he yeah. knows the little voice. Yeah. But our our we had a we have a new priest and that was That's his very a, first yeah. week. We had not met him yet. He just got transferred to our parish. And so I go like yeah. careening around the corner into the sacristy and he's standing there looking a little dumbfounded, like, why is there a two-year-old shouting about his and so I was like hey I'm Shannon Last it is so welcome to St. Elizabeth Ann Seton it's so great to have you Um, we're gonna just back slowly out now and I you know but we shook hands and then my little guy goes up and shakes his hand and goes I have my own potty I have my own potty at church it's just like you know but it's very real as you know they just say whatever they say yeah it is uh for, you know um i just want to quickly add like you know i i told you guys this when i was there like yeah first it was a very restful holiday <laughs> and i'm already planning i'm already planning for next year i hope so so you know prepare be prepared for part well two. you have more monuments um, to see before we make you an american i have more monuments to see and i also need to come for fourth of july yes you totally right? do so, because yeah fourth of july in our court is like it is america yeah we are awesome. pretty much the but, only sober people. <laughs> so, but I, for me, I what I, I think, and this is where it's important for, for, you know, with families, with regards to priests, it's, it's just important to show appreciation once in a while. Like, and I, I, I told you guys, like I said, like when I left, I was just like, it was hard to leave. Yeah. It was actually hard to leave. Cause I, I just had, and what was nice too, I think it was just like one of those holidays where uh, it's like that right balance of things, doing things and not doing right, things. Right, right, right. Right. Partially because I'm like, I don't want to be a burden. They've got four kids. The last thing they need to do is look after me. Um, but the other thing was, like I said, I, I said to you guys at dinner on that last night that I really felt loved as a priest. You right? are. And that was, yeah. and that was, you know, some, again, I'm sure you guys feel it the same way as parents, right? There are, you just kind of do your thing over and over again. And you just wonder sometimes like, you know, it's worth it, obviously, but you, you, you would hope for a little bit of appreciation or a little sign of a gesture yes. or something like that. And you do so much just like I'm sure with kids where you don't get a thank you or whatever. And right. it's just, so those little moments where appreciation is shown and where you feel like you you're appreciated as a priest is really encouraging for priests and it gives them the energy to go back to doing what they need to do um so i always you know i just encourage lay people you know if you can find small ways to show appreciation to your priests it it really helps uh encourage them you know you might not even always agree with your priest you might not even always see eye to eye with your priest but even just small tokens or small little signs of appreciation even just like you know father we prayed we prayed our rosary for you at or we prayed a decade of the rosary for you at our family tonight just a little card like that those things um those things go a long way for a priest and i really appreciated that and i was really grateful for that and i think uh, and it's it's again it's important for priests just to know like that when, you, when they go over for families they, they just want to 
kind of just they want to just know what your life's yeah. like and they want to be a part of it and if if you if uh, if there are families out there that are wanting to do that with their priests i, I really highly, highly encourage that i think that's always important that you try to do it with your local priests as best as possible obviously but um um i think every family needs to have a priest that they can try to be close with as best as possible and every priest needs to have a few families that they can be close with I think that's necessary because they see you see what both lives are like. You you can encourage each other. You pray for each other. I mean, we do the better job at praying because we literally can offer the sacrifice of the Holy Mass for you guys, yeah. and you guys can't. So you know we win there. Um, I got to throw in the clerical card. I once know in a while. that's I'm sorry. that's okay. That's uh, okay. <laughs> but and and to, to have those places where it's just yeah, you know where you don't like. Like, I'll, like one of my things is when we're coming over for dinner, folks, by the way, you do not need to clean up everything because I know how hard it is. And I know that if you do clean it all up, it's literally in 20 minutes, there's going to be other things all over the house. Yep. Right. So don't worry about like, don't worry about that. Just let us come and just like bring us for coffee or, you know, hey, father, we're going to go see a movie tonight. Do you want to come like stuff like that? Just invite the priest to be a part of your life. He can't always and don't be offended if he says no, it's not that he doesn't want to often. It's just he also has other people he needs to look after. But don't be afraid to invite them into your life because uh, that's what we're ordained for. That's what we do as diocesan priests, at least. And I think it's just really important. I love that you said that because I really wasn't something I experienced before lately. And yeah. now that I have my own kids and um, mm -hmm. I, the, I, I think it's so important for them to see me too, but just kind of kind mm -hmm. of break down that wall that seemed in my mm -hmm. mind anyway, to separate us from you. Exactly. Um, yeah. Because yeah. first of all, you, I think there is that it's vocation rich territory there when, yeah. when you yeah. are, are, when a priest isn't someone you just go to in case of emergency or, or greet, you know, very kind of limp handshake after mass and then you're, you're gone, then it, does, it seems like they're, they're more of a ceremonial part of your life. They're there to do a certain thing and, that, and nothing else. And that's not what you are and that's not what you do. And I think we all, mm -hmm. our kids need to realize that you are doing all those million unseen, unacknowledged um, things all the time. And they're only going to know that if they see... You know, if we're sort of a part of each other's mess, I guess, for lack of a better, right. not that you're messy because yeah. you're not, but and we are, but it, you know, just it's, it's, yeah. it takes, it demystifies, I think a little bit, um, without mm -hmm. not the priesthood per se, but the priest, right? Yeah. The priest. And it makes the priest, this, this is what a priest actually yeah. is like. And then it's like, and then it shows like, oh wait. So then like maybe being a priest for like a boy it's like maybe that's not such a weird right. thing right because you know i you know like uh, flash and i we were talking about baseball and baseball cards and stuff yep. like this right but that was good because it helped them see like oh wait this or he wants to play a wrestling like they want to play wrestling on their playstation mm -hmm. with you right and you do that right and like oh wait this priest can do things that i enjoy and appreciate it's not about like that it's not but it's just about seeing like yeah priests are normal yep. people trying to seek god just like and god else. just called them in a different way and maybe he'll call you that exactly. way yeah because exactly. until probably the last year i mean i've always tried very hard to to make sure that the idea of vocation is something we talk about, um, not yeah. in a pressure way, one way or another, but yeah. Yeah. my son is uh, super into baseball and little league and all-star little league and travel yeah. and ugh. 
But he said, so it's all been, well, I'm going to be in the MLB and that's what I'm going to be. But he said recently, so is it possible? Can you become a priest after you have like a professional sports career? Just kind of, and I, I didn't want to overreact. Yeah. So I said, yeah, yeah, sure, absolutely. And he goes, mm-hmm. okay, that's really good to know. Just, you know, he's just thinking <laughs> about it. And, you know, what, who, who knows? Yeah. But but that knows? is something that I think. Y- I'm secretly praying he gets a vocation in my diocese. Oh, great. You're going to make him a Canadian? I guess it serves me right. No, he just has, no, he just has to live in oh, Canada. And then it forces you guys to come over here and visit I would do too. that. I would totally come. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, but I'm not sure if you're yeah. you're uh, you got that much energy for him. <laughs> but it would be it would be very cool, and it would it would all be yeah, it would, it would be, all yeah, be yeah. you because you are apparently quote it's... the greatest priest ever. <laughs> Which I'm not. I got a lot of work to do still. Well, don't we all? Cool, cool. Well, thanks for coming on, Shannon. Uh, I think it's time to kind of thanks wrap it up. Thanks for having so, me. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. Um, so, folks, if you can like us and review us on iTunes and Google Play and Stitcher and all that stuff, tell your friends about the co- podcast. Tell your enemies, too, because Jesus says you must love your enemies. You can find me on Twitter at Fr Harrison. Oh, and me, too. And when I'm, I'm, I'll try to behave, um, just What's your Twitter at handle? Shannon underscore last. Yeah. And you can email us at the podcast, clerically speaking, at gmail.com. And we will see you next week. God bless.